Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Oh, it's going swell as we enter week 12 of the fantasy football season here. Down to the nitty-gritty. What about three more weeks here until the playoffs start? Um, this is really the home push, the home stretch, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it, you know, this is it. Um, for the redraft year, for the dynasty year, this is where we got to get it. So, as we get into this week 12, we got a lot to talk about. More injuries. Uh, as these guys make sure their eyebrows look good for the YouTube channel. Um, but before we get into that, we got some good. We got a good deal going on here at DynastyNerds.com. It is Thanksgiving week. Uh, a lot of gobble, gobble, gobbling going on this week. And with that comes great deals across every platform that's selling you something. And Dynasty Nerd is always selling you something. And it's usually great Dynasty advice. And right now you can get all that Dynasty advice, all the Dynasty articles, and of course, all the great Dynasty tools right now at DynastyNerds.com using the code BLACK-FRIDAY. Nice. So, BLACK-FRIDAY. What is the dash called? Is it a da- What is it? I think uh, you nailed it there. Dash. Okay. Just yeah. making sure. Um, so right now, use the code BLACK-FRIDAY for 25% off merchandise or any level of the site membership. That That's the code BLACK-FRIDAY. Make sure you include the dash between Black and Friday. It's our biggest discount of the year. Sign up now, and you get 25% off any level or membership or buy some of our sweet merch. You know what I mean? Keep your nuggets warm with some Dynasty Nerds underwear. Once again, use that black dash Friday code, and you get 25% off all of Dynasty Nerds got to offer. So as we get into this, we've got some injuries to talk about, some cuts to talk about, some news to talk about, some players to talk about. But of course, we always start every show telling you about our friends at Thrive Fantasy. And what is Thrive Fantasy? They're going to give you some props. You take those props, you take the over, you take the under, and you see what you can get. You know, this week, Darnell Mooney, over, under, 50 and a half receiving yards. You take the over, you get 100 points. Under is 100 points. Dak Prescott, over, under, 295 and a half passing yards. Michael Gallup, over, under, four and a half receptions. And that's and that's kind of a good one because we know Amari Cooper is going to miss the game with uh, COVID. And right now, CeeDee Lamb is questionable with uh, the, the concussion. concussion. So, yep. That might be an easy bet right there at thrivefantasy.com. You can sign up today. If you use that promo code NERDS, they're gonna give you they're gonna match your first deposit up to hundred bucks. So you're gonna instantly get hundred dollars. You're gonna get if you deposit ten dollars, you get free two free twenty dollar NFL tickets. If you deposit hundred dollars, you get four free NFL tickets. So that's gonna they're literally for hundred bucks and give you hundred and eighty dollars of free money to gamble with at Thrive Fantasy. It's a great player prop platform where they give you the 20 players. You get in there, you pick your props, you try to win five grand. They're going to give you $180 worth of swings at it. So it's nine free weeks. That's the rest of the season. You can go playing for free and then cash out your money later. So check them out. Make sure you use that that promo code NERDS. You're going to get all of that free cash. I love it. I love it so much. So let's get in some of these... uh, Player news, right? So we got Michael Carter here first. He's got that low-grade, high-grade ankle uh, ankle injury. He's out about two to three weeks. Low-grade, high, high ankle. ankle. Yeah, yeah. 
Listen, I didn't write that injury report down. You did, and I'm not. I, I'm as good of a reader as I am a talker. Um, I don't enunciate. I don't put G's at the end of my words. Uh, the low grade, high grade. If you listen to the show for a while, you know how fast I talk, and I just don't have time for all that silly stuff. You get what I'm saying? You know, running backs. Come on, running, 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 running. Hey, run his run injury in. is hurt. Okay, run in, run in. he's hurt. Out. He's got the ankle. <laughs> And so what does that mean? Right now it means Tevin Coleman, he came in, he was the main running back out there for New York. He's got a majority of the carries. But when they fell down, it was Ty Johnson who was the passing back, the PPR back. So it's going to be a timeshare of Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. And right now it's somewhat of hurt. Michael Carter starting to get heat. He's starting to heat up. Michael Carter currently running back 18 in PPR leagues, averaging 12.8 points per game. This is a player that, you know, we talked about earlier in the year where everybody else was jumping on Trey Sermon. We're like, hey, you got to take Michael Carter over Trey Sermon. I know I was telling this story before of when I traded back in our 18-year league. Uh, I traded back into the high end of the second round and gave him my first next year. And everybody's like, oh, there comes a trade for Trey Sermon. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm taking a better running back in Michael Carter. So he's going to miss a couple games here, which is a shame because he's really starting to look good here. Definitely has a pass catching back uh, as a solid running back. High expectations for him coming into... 2022 as well because this is what i kind of expect michael carter to be right around here i mean if he could be running back 18 a mid-range running back two what a quality get in the second round of your rookie drafts this year and going forward a great running back that you could buy that i would expect to be a little bit more involved in the passing game as they beef up this offense a little bit and maybe as they secure this offensive line this is a direction they can go in the first round of this nfl draft possibly too to beef up the offensive line as zach wilson can settle down here as well so to me, if this is a guy that could kind of miss a little bit of time or if somebody needed him as a running back and there's a running back I could give them in exchange for Michael Carter as a temporary fill-in and maybe a draft pick, I would love to buy Michael Carter. I've got a decent amount of shares of him just because this is a player I believe I liked coming out this year and I thought he was really good value at the top of the second round of this year's draft class. But it definitely hurts if you're relying on him. I would use him as my flex running back three in a couple leagues. So missing those 12.8 points per game, that's definitely a little bit of a, a, a pinch. You can check, I'm going to check my waiver wire, see if Ty Johnson's out there, see if Tevin Coleman's out there, but that's what you're missing so far from the Jets running back. Yeah, I was actually starting, I was starting him in a couple of leagues because he's been on such a roll these past, you know, four or five weeks that he's been startable for the most part, uh, most part. So um, it is going to be a kind of a blow. Um, if you finally started relying on the guy, now he's going to miss two to three weeks especially this time of year, but hopefully you'll get him back at least for the playoffs. So um, that's at least good news with this low, low grade, high ankle sprain. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and in the, in the same backfield we're we're getting Zach Wilson back this week too. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out, what this offense looks like. Cause that's two big moving parts. Obviously anytime the quarterback is, is changed in and out. That's a huge blow to the offense one way or another. But then the, the running game is going to change too. So this offense is going to look extremely different than it did just even one week ago. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects some of the other position players. We know Elijah Moore, we'll talk about him more later in the show, but he's been playing lights out lately. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out in the Jets' backfield. Yeah, can't we talk about Elijah Moore later in this show? What would you guys pay for Michael Carter right now? Would you give up a late first? Say you're a contender, you need a little bit of running back help. Would you pay a late first? I know I I did in the league before the draft, and that that was just on you know me pre predicting or 
hoping that he'd fill out to really where he is now. I mean, this is a player right now, you would easily say, right, that you give up a, a, few, a late first for Antonio Gibson, right? Uh, is it fair to say the Washington y- running back? Yeah, and absolutely. This is somebody they're playing. They played the, the exact same amount of games. They both played in nine games. Michael Carter has 120.3 points in PPR leagues. Antonio Gibson has 117.4. And Michael Carter is averaging 0.4 points more than Antonio Gibson. So yeah, it's, it's, both are viable in the passing game. Obviously, Antonio Gibson is a former receiver. So does that does that help you a little bit, make you feel a little bit more comfortable about giving up a late first for a guy like Michael Carter? I really think it's an easy easy question, I mean, or an easy answer, rather, to your question. Um, and, and considering... You know, you took you took Michael Carter for the most part in the top end of the second round, hoping that he would pan out, but not really knowing. And now that he has, it's an easy bump for me to to realistically give up the you know a bottom half, uh, a bottom, I guess back end of the first round draft pick. That's that's an easy one for me. I think this is a regardless of a contender rebuild. In some ways, it's almost slightly harder in rebuild uh, or in uh, in contender because. He's going to be coming back right at playoff time, so you're crossing your fingers he actually is healthy. He's used his full workload. But in any situation, I want him on my team long term, and I think a late first is what you would have already had to spend to probably draft him. Some leagues it might have been an early second. So I think he's already proven what he's needed to prove for me to say that that was a justified value. Uh, for where he was going. So I would do it either way, um, but it is going to be a little bit trickier to count on him week one of the fantasy playoffs and week, what would that be, 15, when knowing he's coming right off of an ankle injury. Yeah, I mean, but again, you mentioned long-term play here as well. I like him as a long-term play running back too. Yep. Um, I think, I think it really, that's where he slides in for by that two to three year window um, minimum. So if we all say yes easily, right? Like, hey, this is an easy pick, for late first round pick means... Most people might possibly feel that way. What more would you give on top of a first round pick for Michael Carter to get him, right? Like say the owner's like, ah, I paid a high second for him. I'm just moving up a little bit in a weaker running back class. I need a little bit more. Would you come out the gate swinging with more than a first? Would you offer a first and second round pick then, which would make the second round pick late? Would you dip into that 23 class second and make it look a little bit more enticing, which you would still assume would be a late second round pick. Would you go that far to give up a first and second for Michael Carter? We all know the need of running back is desperate and we're all thirsty for him week in, week out. Uh, you know, I would feel better about it if if he wasn't injured right now, right now and we knew what was going on, like giving a first and a second. I understand that that might be the price of admission uh, on a guy like Michael Carter because he's young I mean, and you're going to get years. Um, so I guess if you're not a contender, I feel fine with that. If you are a contender, it is, it's a tricky proposition because maybe you could get a guy like Leonard Fournette for that same price. You know what I mean? And he's not injured right now. And, and he's sitting in spot 11 right now overall instead of spot 17. So that's where I, I would have a little bit of a hard time if I was a contender giving up a first and a second for him. But if I wasn't, I'd, I, if I was out of it, I'd feel okay doing that. Just knowing that next yeah, but year's- then Now you're talking a high first. Now you're talking a mid-range first though, Matt. Now you're talking about giving up a higher first altogether. Yeah, I guess. Michael Carter. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um I guess that's tricky. I, was, guys, I mean, I, I think a mid-range first. I, I mean, if you're going to run back 18 in return on average, let's just say let's say this is what he is on average, running back 18, which is mid-range running back two. To me, that's worth a mid-first. Yeah. Like a, a run, 
any running back that you can get in your lineup for the next two years and start on a weekly basis as a running back two is worth a first round pick in my eyes. And and, and, is, and I think that mid first and a first and a second is roughly the same price. You know, if you're moving from pick ten to pick, you know, six. Yeah, it's roughly the the equivalent of what a second round pick would be. So I think we're talking about the same exact thing there either way, roughly. Um, and I would be willing to do it, but I think Matt said roughly what I was trying to say earlier is, you know, it's it's surprisingly, even though it's a running back, it's surprisingly more difficult to do it in contender just because of that injury risk. And and I might rather go after a Leonard Fournette or somebody like that. And well, I get that. I mean, I get, I get the Leonard Fournette argument for sure. I mean, the guy's dominated in the passing game as well, which is really elevating the running back 11 alone. We always talk about, you know, you just in these day and ages, if your name's not Derrick Henry, if you're not involved in the passing game, it's going to be hard to be a running back one. And Leonard Fournette has been a top once. I think I saw a report earlier, he's top six in targets per game yeah. or, or receptions for a running back. So that helps as well. And I get that as well. I'm always attracted to youth. It's not like Leonard Fournette's old. Odds of him going back to Tampa Bay are probably still pretty high because they'll probably just take the money that he's offered there, or there's a lot of teams that need running backs he can go to. So I get that. I, I would just want, I, I'm just, I, I'll, when it comes to running back, those extra years always oh, just for sure. for me. It, it's, so, it's, it's definitely a big I, I selling point. Um, Michael Carter could end up being a, a Devante uh, Freeman type of back. You know what I mean? S similar system. I think similar sized guys as well. So, you know, 17 might not be the cap for him. He might, he might end up, you know, if he's used correctly in this offense and, and gets involved in the passing game a little bit more, he could be a guy that's um, getting, he's touching running back one number. So uh, he, he's, I think that's worth true, it. That's true, man. I didn't, I didn't consider that passing game. Yeah. He's, I think he's worth it uh, in, in my, in my opinion anyway. Yeah. I, I, I mean, worth enough, I guess, to get out there and start flirting in the mm -hmm. league, right? To see what it's going to take to get. I mean, he's a player that I'd want to add on here. Definitely when some player goes down, maybe there's a slight dip there because, you know, you give it a week, he's going to go from running back number 18 to running back 24. You give it two weeks, he's going to go back from 24 to running back 30. You know what I mean? And start using that a little bit against you. You get some guys that don't really pay attention as much in these leagues that you might be able to make that move on. Other injuries out this week. CeeDee Lamb's got a concussion. He's questionable for the Thursday game, which is such a quick turnaround. So you want to monitor that. Uh, Amari Cooper already out with COVID. Going into this week, they were both wide receiver ones. Obviously, Amari Cooper's taking a big dip down. They're the low-end wide receiver, too, because of missing the game here. So, minor than that situation. We mentioned in the uh, Thrive commercial, Michael Gallup should see a nice uptick there uh, for them. Ezekiel, it looks like he's in a place, so that'd be fine. I mean, I, I would Justin Field. I would imagine, you know, uh, Schultz, Dalton Schultz would also be another guy that's probably ha more heavily targeted than normal, and, and he's already getting a pretty good share. So, that's another yeah. guy to consider starting. Justin Fields got the rib injury, already ruled out for Thursday. Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton's going to come in there. Red Rifle himself, that's per Adam Schefter. The, Dal so, the Dolphins I mean, back, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Dalton's been efficient enough. Maybe this would be enough to give some kind of boost to Allen Robinson because he's been literally the invisible man out there. I mean, I, what a downfall for him this year. He just needs to get out of Chicago and go to another system. I've seen him going for a second-round pick all over the place. I think that's good value for a guy that offers some upside that will be out of that system going forward. Reports Matt Nagy might get fired after this game. Maybe yep. not. Kind of weird that he'd get fired at, at that point. And they yeah, that, they there. would announce it like four days before he gets fired. I feel, like, oh, yeah, I'll be real motivated to do well. I feel like it was one of these things that they didn't want leaked, but but they couldn't do the turnaround in such a short week. 
so it probably just somebody said it that wasn't supposed to say it and now it's out there i bet you he does i mean he deserves it i mean unfortunately at this point why don't you just fire him now then if it's out there Really short turn around they're not gonna be able to pull it together probably but i get it i mean it it does feel a little bit do, dead man walking you know if right. you do it after thursday that gives you 10 days you know what i mean it's like you got that extended it's like that mini bye week there when you play in those thursdays so gives a little bit team a little bit more time to be prepared going to that game so the, that's the bears, definitely something injured the bears surprisingly have never fired a coach mid-season in the history of of their franchise so that's a that's a weird oddity as well yeah, I always thought it was weird too. It's like when a team is like in the middle of the road, which is what the Bears are. They're not doing great, not doing good. They got a young quarterback. Like, you might as well just let him play out the year. You know what I mean? It's like it's unless he's literally hurting your young quarterback. And that's what I feel like they feel like it, it is happening at this point. It, the weird part is last year felt like such a natural transition of hey, we got a good shot at getting a good young quarterback in this draft. This would be a perfect time to bring in a new regime. You know, blah blah, blah. like. Why they extended it one more year makes no sense. Monitor the situation. I mean, any change would be good change to anybody going on there because nobody's producing at a fantasy football level. Jarvis Landry, he got his knee injury, but he's expected to play this week. Got saw his first touchdown this past week on a rushing, uh, a rush yeah. of 16 yards nonetheless. You know what I mean? <laughs> so good for Jarvis Landry. He'll be back. A.J. Brown, chest injury. Early reports are good here on A.J. Brown. Uh, right now, the x-rays have come back negative. He'll under, undergo mo- more tests. That's per Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Uh, so, A.J. Brown, guys, how do you guys feel about A.J. Brown right now? He's currently wide receiver 28 on the year in PPR leagues. He's only averaging 12.7 yards per uh, 12.7 points per game. If you go back to 2020, he was wide receiver 12 overall, averaging 17.7 points per game in 14 games. His rookie year, wide receiver 21, averaged 13.6 points per game in 16 games, so a little bit closer to that. Now, this is a player we all love, right? This is a player that we look as a high-end wide receiver one. Not a mid-range, it could be a high-end wide receiver one. Do you think, and, and let's just base it on the current situation he's in, because he's not leaving Tennessee. They'd friend, like there's, He's not going anywhere. The current situation he is on a team that runs the ball first, He's constantly double teamed because he's number one receiver there. Is AJ Brown is AJ Brown a sell? I mean, uh, it, he's the opposite for me. Yeah, I don't he, think he's so. a buy for me. See, I don't think there's that's the thing. I don't think there's any dip because of the thing is I don't think there's any dip in his value because of his production. And and there's a guy who just signed uh, a, a three year extension in Denver by the name of Tim Patrick, who's wide receiver thirty four. So he's six points behind A.J. Brown, who's averaging 11.3 points per game. And he's he's a third wide receiver, essentially, with just as bad as a quarterback, a worse quarterback situation. And you can get 55 Tim Patricks for A.J. Brown. So <laughs> to me, I mean, I mean, guys, we mentioned a guy the like last week, number. Debo Samuel, right, who we all love. And look at Debo this week. Again, Russian... You got the running back hurt. Oh, let's put Debo back there nine times. He's going to give us 93 yards and, and a rushing touchdown. I mean, he looked good, too. <laughs> he looked damn good. Yeah. Uh, so, right now, if you approach the Debo Samuel owner, AJ Brown, you could get that deal done. And I know you said, well, some of the injuries were concerned. AJ Brown has dealt with injuries his entire career so far. He's got through them, he's played more than Debo. But I mean, in this game, before he even hurt his ribs, he had a hand injury before he even hurt his ribs. So, he was hurt there, too. What I, so do you think, again, I don't think it's in the player, but sometimes we talk about this all the time, system. 
quarterbacks, what's around them. Sometimes the talent doesn't get used like you want it to. You could get Debo Samuel for AJ Brown, but you guys still aren't doing that today. I know, and I know it's tough. Like I'm not, I'm not 100 convinced on it, but I think the right move for the next two to three year window here, I think Debo Samuel is going to give you more points per game, and I think he's going to give you more fancy points overall than AJ Brown will. I have a hard, I mean, I have a hard time with that personally. Um, I think he is. He's been nicked up. He's been. He had the double knee surgeries this this offseason. I don't think he's been right all year, to be honest. I think next year he comes back much stronger and healthier. Um, okay. So if you're like if you're in some weird bind here towards the end of the year and and you know you absolutely need somebody with some juice to win you a championship, push you over the top, and you can pull off an AJ Brown for Debo Samuel, I feel fine with that because those guys are so close in my rankings anyway. I'm not gonna like be mad at you. Because I do think Debo Samuel is just going to have a better rest of the season, uh, just due to, due to his usage. Yeah. points per game. Just due guys. to his usage I mean, in the in the offense as a whole, Debo is tearing it up, and, and AJ Brown is just very inconsistent. So, uh, and injured. So, so I would I would definitely do that in a, on a contender, knowing that I'm probably going to lose a little on the back end of that deal, um, but it's all worth it for a championship, personally. So I'm looking in the uh, the dynasty GM at the trade finder right now. Here's, here's a few trades for him because, and this is kind of why I think he's he's a buy because I do think some people uh, are selling him maybe a hair cheaper uh, than he's actually worth. Uh, A.J. Brown for two firsts, one in 22 and one in 23, and a fourth. I would, A.J. Brown? I would I would love that, yeah. Uh, A.J. Brown, yeah. Yep. Um, A.J. Brown in a third for Marquise Brown in a first in 22. That, that sounds bad off the tip of the tongue, but it's pretty fair because you're getting Marquise Brown, who's currently uh, wide receiver six on the year, looking pretty good there. Now Bateman's going to get better there as well, but you get the first. I would still lean AJ Brown, but that's more because I'm it's just, not, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to be, I'm just not a Marquise Brown fan, even though he outproduces my expectations uh, consistently, honestly. So it's just All one right. of those players that I don't love. One last one AJ Brown for DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's AJ Brown pretty easily, right? I would say it's pretty fair. I mean, they're both banged up, and you get like six years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'll take the six years, AJ Brown. Yeah, I'll take oh, AJ yeah. Brown there. What? A, so let, those are fine trade finder, but I'm thinking here, like for teams right now, like that are out there playing right now, they have AJ Brown. Little, they, they're they're not good with the consistency since consistency. And like Matt said, we're trying to win some ships. So like, if you're in that mode, right? If you have AJ Brown, you're in that mode, like some players, maybe you could upgrade on. I mentioned Debo Samuel. You guys were pretty close on that one. What about Michael Pittman Jr.? No, I love Michael Pittman Jr. He, he's just not there yet. He hasn't done it for a long enough time yet for me to be able to see that that's, that he's that guy. Um, whereas we've seen two full seasons out of AJ Brown doing that, and then kind of this down year, so it's still it, it, he's not quite enough for me to be able to do that. Right. What if I, I'm with you there? And I and I agree. And I agree. It's pretty. I, I agree. You know, it, Michael Pittman Jr. currently wide receiver seven overall in PPR leagues, averaging 15.9 points per game. What if I approached you both? And because I know, say you guys both both have Michael Pittman Jr. got AJ Brown. Okay, I'll give you AJ Brown in my uh, second. And you give me Michael Pittman Jr. in your first. Does that move the needle enough for you? You're it's moving closer. up around. And say and say you push it out to 2023, right? You get real stingy with it. You're like, hey, I'll give you my 23 second. You give me a 23 first, 
and I'll give you AJ Brown, you give me Michael Pittman. Does that move the needle for you? It definitely moves it. It's I'm trying to figure out if trade. it pushes me over the top or not. I would do that trade. That that's enough for me to move the needle because I do like Michael Pittman a ton. Yeah. I think Carson Wentz is going to be there a little bit. I think he's locked in as a number one receiver. I think this is a player we'll be seeing in two years get a contract extension. I think Debo could probably get a. Con- I think I could see Debo Samuel get a contract extension at the end of this year, going to next year. I think he's locked in. There's no way Kyle Shanahan lets that guy go. He's too much of a weapon. Um, so I like both of these guys and their systems for the foreseeable future. So that that's enough to, for me to move the needle. But I just want to bring that in. For, I, I just want to put that out there on AJ Brown. And there's a dip in value I'm buying. But if I could possibly get a little bit younger and get guys that are going to be a little bit more consistent, because, again, I am slightly worried about this offense that AJ Brown is in. If it's just going to be good enough to produce that high-end wide receiver one, year in and you're out because guys I mean we're seeing a really good influx of young talented receivers here we're gonna talk about some of these young guys later these guys are really good and there's some receivers coming next year guys like Traylon Burtz Garrett Wilson that I think are gonna be just as talented coming here to, to join this rookie influx right like we're getting really young and really talented at receiver here and it's a lot the depth is I mean has it ever been this deep not a while that, not that I with guys remember. that are under say 26 and under of guys that you would be happy to take in the first, second round of your startup drafts, going to the third. Guys that fall to the wayside. I mean, the Michael Williams dip, has been, he's dipped a little bit. He showed had a big game this week here. But some of these young guys that you could skip. I mean, you're getting Michael Williams, what, in the fourth round of a startup somewhere around there? So it's like, I lo- what an influx of talent. I almost didn't know who you are talking about. You said Michael Williams. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> this Michael Williams. Uh, I was talking about Michael Pittman. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry about that. Um so let's talk about a couple guys here. That's my AJ Brown. Uh, I just want to bring it up about AJ Brown. Michael uh, Jamal Agnew. He's out for the season with a hip injury. What sucks? He was on my sneaky starts. I know this week. you just talked him up and you totally screwed me. Like I had him on a few rosters. <laughs> I felt pretty good about it. And now the hip injury. Like, did anyone see that? I, I didn't actually see that play. Um, it, or heard anything I, about that? I saw the rehip. It didn't look as bad okay. as I thought it. Would. I didn't think of those. That's the end of his season. Yeah. Yeah. It must be a hit. Another hip. So, hip subluxion. <laughs> I think that's like back to back. You know, what's funny is I had I, on my TV show for uh, my I do the Sneaky Starts and TV show, and I had Jamal Agnew. I also had Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman's out with his MCL injuries, out four to six weeks. And what sucks about Troutman, his target share was just increasing. He was looking really good. Five catches, fifty-eight yards, and a touchdown. So he's gonna miss some time here. Just pumping more, more, more targets to Marquez Callaway. <laughs> you know, Deontay Harris going out that way. What a crazy situation out there. And, and, and what do they do? They give uh, Taysom Hill another $90 million potentially. Let's talk about that. That what was the, the wildest thing. I have no idea. I have no answers. Didn't he just, I have no answers. Didn't he just get like a contract? I feel like. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. I have, but this, they, they want it. I think they redid it. So like if he ends up being a starting quarterback, he gets more money. Right. But didn't they just starting, give him a contract? I am so. I know, but now they're and now they're starting Trevor Simeon anyway. Right. Like if you thought he was that good, it's like, okay, why are you playing Trevor Simeon over? And Simeon's looked okay too, to be honest with you. Have, have we ever seen a tight end slash special teamer get this much money? This is it's wild to me. It's it really is. It's a crazy situation because I don't know what they're doing out there. But hey, it ain't my money, so God bless you. God, but what people like. 
they're gonna <laughs> Taysom Hill is gonna be like sixty one day. I'm like, you have fifty million dollars. <laughs> like, what did you do? I'm like, ah, I did a little bit of everything. <laughs> like, were you a quarterback? Ah, kind of. I could throw that random ball. I could throw it. Yeah, <laughs> sorta. You ever hear of the Wildcat? That was me. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting situation. Um, Aaron Rodgers has a toe injury. He's got he's got a lot of pain. He was just on uh, what's uh, McAfee. Oh McAfee's podcast saying it's probably the, like terrible pain he's going through. Uh, so that's the situation right there. Those injuries, turf toe. I mean, that's he said. That, but did he say this was worse? He than said turf it was toe? worse than turf toe. Yeah, he said it's yeah, a little turf worse. Toe's bad. Right. I mean, at least he's not running and cutting a whole bunch. I mean, obviously he's got to plant and throw and stuff like that. So as long as he's not out there running around a whole bunch, hopefully it doesn't affect him that much. He's Aaron Rodgers. All right. He can throw it a, yeah, a quarter. He fine. can throw it over them, their mountains. It's fine. He's a damn, he's a damn wizard out there. Exactly. Uh, and then finally, Zach Wilson, you mentioned he's coming back, Gary, after this week, after Leo, it'd be interesting to see how I'm real interested to see how not like this game, but how he finishes the year. Yep. You know, this is a quarterback as my number two quarterback. If I just switch it today, I'd, I'd take Justin Fields over him. I'll take Mac Jones over him just because Mac Jones has looked so good. I mean, you could argue you would take Mac Jones in a super flex league one, one over Trevor Lawrence for how Trevor Lawrence has looked, uh, there. But, uh, Zach Wilson's look pretty damn bad. I don't, I don't, I'm not jumping to conclusions. It's too early to like jump down rookies. I remember Peyton Man threw 29 interceptions his rookie year. It looked terrible. So I'm going to give the kid some time there to develop uh, out there. But it's, he, my eyes are on him to see how he finishes this year because he might be a buy low in Superflex. You know what I mean? Because he looks so bad. And, and we talk about him here all the time at the end of the year. I love to buy rookies that were high first round picks or mid first round picks at the end of the year that didn't have good years for some kind of discount. So if I get Zach Wilson in a super flex league for a late first, like I'm all over that. Yeah, it's a, that's a nice, uh, I think discount to get on any kind of rookie. So I'm definitely down. I haven't given up on Zach Wilson either. I think he has a lot of, uh, he's a lot of tools. I mean, his accuracy in college was amazing. He hasn't making, you know, he hasn't been making the best decisions here. Uh, but maybe this time away, sometimes you see this, you know, like a little bit, like a rookie gets a little bit of a break sometimes, you know, due to injury. And then they come back and things have slowed down a little bit. So hopefully that has happened for him. Everything's not coming at him a million miles an hour when he comes back. And then he doesn't make the poor decisions. Cause I know he can throw the ball accurately. It's not, that's not the issue. Um, in my opinion. So I guess we'll, we'll find out here at the end, end of this season from here on out. All right, let's move on. Garrett, you got a question? Yeah. So we were, we were pretty unanimous uh, for, for dynasty purposes. We said we, we thought this guy would, would play well this year and he definitely has. Uh, but for dynasty purposes, we were all pretty unanimous on, we're probably going to sell Jalen hurts so far this season. He has played well, are we still selling Jalen Hurts, or are we a little bit less uh, pushing that narrative now? All right, so to say he's playing well is a little bit of an understatement. He's currently quarterback number one overall. That's where he's at. He's ever, his 23 points per game is sixth best in the league. Now, to be fair, he's getting most of this done with his legs. He's getting it done yep. on the ground. Uh, he had three touchdowns on the ground this past week. His 10 Garys in that game were the 10th most, most all-time by a QB in a game, according to PFF. So that's getting it done. Um, I'm still slightly concerned about his arm, but his his arm's gotten better. I mean, listen, he's gotten better. It's as simple as yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. He, he looks better. He's gotten better. He's getting it done. Devontae Smith helps the situation 
tremendously. If Jalen Rager ever turned into anything, yeah, you know, Dallas Goddard led the team in targets. Right behind him was uh, Devontae Smith. So to be fair, because they just extended Dallas Goddard too, so we should right. mention that he got a four-year extension. Top five dynasty quarterback right around there. Uh, or tight end. Four- or tight end. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. tight end. I'm sorry. I mean, you're literally, Run, running if you're back, in a, in a you startup, you're Leonard Fournette. In, in tra- Leonard Fournette and Travis that. Kelsey and Dallas Goddard on the board, like that's a decision you have to make. You know what I mean? Like, you're going one more year, two at the most on Travis Kelsey, or you're going next five to six years on Dallas Goddard. Tough decision to make. So it looks like he's in a situation where like Devontae Smith and Travis Kelsey, or De- Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, kind of like the Tiger Kill uh, Travis Kelsey situation where they're going to be the one, two targets out here for Jalen Hurts, which are, is good for him because the tight end, the short intermediate routes in the middle of the field, and then Devontae Smith is just always open. I mean, I love the kid to death. So for me, Garrett, the answer to the question is, yeah, I'm taking back my statement that this guy's a must sell. Now, he is QB1, so I will I will, I will listen to offers on Jalen Hurts. He's definitely not out of the realm of I can't sell. And if this, anything, all this new news of coming out here saying, oh, the, the Eagles have their quarterback of the future. He is quarterback one right now. Like, is this the highest value we'll see out of Jalen Hurts? So, like, is it a push? And is it a push? Is it a lateral move? I had uh, I made a trade for him in a league, in a high-stakes league. Uh, this is about three weeks ago. I gave Kirk Cousins for Jalen Hurts. And it's my only share. But that, that's a move I made uh, about three weeks ago. So, it wasn't he wasn't quarterback one at the time. Again, averaging six most points per game. What do you what are you doing with him, Matt? What do you what do you feel about Jalen Hurts? I, I've definitely come back, like I said, but like I would love to throw his name out there just to see if anybody's like overly excited about this QB one status and will somebody overpay his value. I mean, at this point, um, you know, I think I think we've seen enough from him that they're they're gonna get another year out of him, especially with this quarterback class coming in not being that strong. Uh, so I, I would feel fine, especially making a move like you were talking about with a, with a Kirk Cousins um, f- for Jalen Hurts. If you can somehow pull that off, I doubt you could anymore. Um, but if you can do a, a similar move to that, even throw something on top and get younger, because you know obviously Kirk Cousins, I think it, his guaranteed money runs out after next year, so he might he might be Kirk. moving on after that. And Jalen Hurts, you know, he's definitely got this year. He's definitely probably got next year i would imagine and then after that if he if he takes the next step he's getting extended and 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 you're rolling if he doesn't he's kind of falling off the at the exact same time as a guy like her cousin so i love the move that you made there um if you can make a similar move to that you know in your league please go out and do it that that's an excellent kind of way i think to go about it so i'm i'm buying him in in the short term still but i've seen enough progression that Whereas before I didn't see a path for him, uh, you know, becoming a long-term starter there, it's it's becoming a realization at this point that he that he could very possibly be the long-term answer there in Philly. The the wild part too is he's actually had a fairly difficult schedule leading up to this point. Here's the rest of his schedule: New York Giants, New York Jets, Washington, New York Giants, Washington. So that's the rest of his his schedule. His Value could actually go up from here, yeah. so it, it's going to be pretty interesting. All of those are are bottom ten, uh, bottom twelve there in the league as far as pass defense goes. So it's it's probably only going to get better from here on out for Jalen Hurts. 
So two questions on the su- super flex status, right? Obviously, when we're mm-hmm. talking quarterbacks, we're always going to approach it from a super flex uh, way. I I approach you right now. And, and I know it seems like a slam dunk. He's playing. He's not playing good. Now, McKay, like, hey, I'll give you Trevor Lawrence for Jalen Hurts. Do you guys make the deal? Which is which mm. is literally insane because if we go back twelve weeks ago, right? You did to give up your grandmother. <laughs> Right, great aunt and Jalen Hurts just to sniff Trevor Lawrence's underwear, and and think of all the butterscotch candies you would have missed out on that. Oh, two, so much! And those little, those little grading. strawberry ones. Oh, <sighs> come on, Grams. I had the I had the root beer ones, which are also pretty good. <laughs> those aren't too shabby either. Butterscotch. Uh, I mean, so would you would you make that move? Like, if, if I'm a I, contender, I would. I don't know that I would in a rebuild. But in a contender, I think I might. That would be the only way to do it. I mean, if you were contending this year, because you're going to get so much more out of Jalen Hurts than you you will. And, and yeah, but you don't. If you drafted just drafted Trevor Lawrence one one, you're not. Contending. You're not a contender. <laughs> that's, that's true. I mean, there are ways to luck. There mean, are ways to luck into that first pick. You know, you could you could have is. traded for three years out and just somehow landed sure. on it. So if you do find yourself in that kind of situation and you're all of a sudden contending and and he's just not getting it done for you. Sure, trade Trevor Lawrence for Jalen Hurts. Right. It's, it's always worth it. Super, super flex startup. Okay, super flex startup draft. You're on the clock. These you're going quarterback no matter what. These quarterbacks are on the board. I'm gonna tell you the name. You tell me either you're taking that quarterback or Trevor or uh, Jalen Hurts. Okay, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, in a super flex startup. I'm still taking Trevor right now. In a startup, I'll still take. Trevor, I'd still take Trevor as well. Mac Jones, hurts, hurts. I'm not in on Mac Jones. He's played, he's played well, but for fantasy purposes, his ceiling is still very low. I, I agree. Hurts for me as well. Joe Burrow, Burrow, Burrow currently quarterback thirteen on the year. Burrow, yep. Okay, I would take Burrow as well uh, there, and I'm trying to see if there's a Matt Stafford. Because he's not that far behind in points from a guy. Uh, points per game, he's down about one and a half point yeah. per game. He's quarterback number seven on the year. Um, so it's Jalen Hurts and Matt Stafford are both on the board. Stafford most likely going to get an extension out there for how much they gave I gotta him. i got to see how old Stafford is. Stafford's 33. He's 33. He's 33. So you got six more years of him with that arm. I, I'll take Stafford. Third. I think I would take Stafford too. I don't feel it's good close. about that's it. A rain, that's a range. That's a I don't either. But that's a range. All right, I'm going to go Hurts um, just to be that guy. Look at you. Somebody's right, got to pick right. him. I mean, come on. I mean, but, but at least for us, I mean, that's how much he's elevated in our eyes of going. This is guy's a must sell to. Okay, now he's he's quarterback one status. So uh, so we're saying somewhere between like eight and eleven in dynasty ranks at quarterback. That sounds about and super flex. Yeah, feels, I think, feels I think good. right around yeah. there. Yeah. The risk is worth the wait. I mean, if I if, if 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 they get another weapon out there and they open up the run game, maybe a little bit more play action come out there. I mean, if he's gonna give me those Kyler Murray games, you know, around there, then I'm I'm totally okay with that. You know, I mean, like I'm I, I'll take that window and uh, flip him down the road. I mean, I'll just always if I own him, I'm just always falling closely about when the out window is gonna come. I mean, like when I can get out. And, they, and if I do own him now, 
I am still seeing if I can overpay. Can I get Joe Burrow for Jalen Hurts right now? I mean, can I do that move just to feel safe about it? So that's it about Jalen Hurts. Next question on the list here. Yeah, so both Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick signed extensions this week. Uh, Not something you see every day mid-season that you sign two players at the same position. Uh, The Denver wide receiver core, how do we feel about that core in general? Because remember, we still have Jerry Judy there as well. KJ Hamler missed the entire season this year because of the the injury in the offseason. Is it Turd Ferguson? Uh, How do we feel about the entire wide receiver core? And are we expecting maybe an upgrade at quarterback this offseason? How will all of this play out, do you guys think? There will 100% be an upgrade at at the quarterback position. This this is a very enticing team for any quarterback that wants to go to this team. It's a good team. With a good quality quarterback, they'd be right into the play. They'd be a playoff team. They have a good quality defense, and they have four outstanding receiving options. And Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick. And Tim Patrick somebody we talked about multiple times on this podcast. Currently wide receiver 34 in 10 games, averaging 11.3 points per game, which is right where you want that mid-range wide receiver three to be. I mean, and we told, I think we bought Tim Patrick up twice over the last two years as a dynasty buy, whether it be the nerd episode or the regular episode here. So to me, this is a situation we're going to find you know, I know Deshaun Watson did not want to go there. So that's not a situation. But Aaron Rodgers is rumored to possibly go there. I mean, if you even upgrade a situation to Jimmy Garoppolo, this is a much better situation for these receivers. Now, the downfall of having so many awesome weapons for the quarterback is where's all the fantasy football production coming from? Because you have four mouths to feed out there now, officially. And then Javante Williams is going to be the main running back out there next yeah, year. He is. Ground and pound it. He's going to be looking good out there. He's going to be a little bit more involved in the, in the pass game here as well. <laughs> so to me, I love the sign-in. And honestly, Tim Patrick, out of all of them, is probably the best bang for your buck. Because everybody else, Jerry Judy's costing you too much. Cortland Sutton's costing you too much. And I expect them, if, if Tim Patrick's averaging 11.3 points per game, there's not many so points per game to go around. So... To me, I think it might mean a little bit like who is the quarterback going to be? Like who fits, who helps that quarterback a little bit more? Like if Aaron Rodgers goes there, is a Cortland Sutton going to play that Devontae Adams role? You know, or is Jerry Judy going to be open so much that Aaron Rodgers just feeds him the football? And then Tim Patrick's kind of like a nice receiver that helps his NFL team, but kind of on the outside looking in is maybe a low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four. It's, it's, it's a... It's an interesting situation. I, to I think this is one of those. It, it's it's very hard, I think, to figure out exactly what they're doing right now. But when we look back at this, you know, in six months when they do have their quarterback, I think it's going to make a lot more sense because I think this is a move that's almost they're they're trying to lock up all of these weapons to make Denver a more enticing place for a quarterback to come in the off season. So I, th- I think it's going to make a lot more sense. And I think we'll be able to figure out, I think, the pecking order a lot better once we figure out who's going to be there. Because, you know, Teddy, he is what he is. He's a, he's a really, really good backup quarterback. Um, he's kind of a fringe starter backup quarterback, one of these guys. So he's he's never going to be able to maximize any of these guys' potential like a, a high-end quarterback will be able to. So can Cortland Sutton do better than, than wide receiver 33? 
absolutely. I think he's got the talent to to definitely do that. We'll see what the offense is, you know, because it's going to be Judy. It's going to be him as the two top dogs. But I think there is plenty of room for those other two guys to also do well. And Tim Patrick could stay as a, a viable wide receiver three. And, you know, no fan could be in that low end tight end one conversation. All this can happen if the right quarterback is in play and they, they have the right system there. So we'll, I guess we're going to have to find out down the line. So right now, like you said, Tim Patrick is definitely – you're getting almost the same production out of him as you are Cortland Sutton, and it's just at a much cheaper rate. I'm not sure that they're going to be this close, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, who with, with whoever the heck the new quarterback is next year. One, one additional name that we didn't mention, uh, Russell Wilson – uh, especially with how poorly the Seahawks are playing. Oh. There was all those rum- rumblings last season, and uh, he didn't really do anything to squelch those rumors. Uh, I think that could very well be a possibility again this offseason, and Denver would be a nice fit for him as well. Yeah, when Jay Glazer said he wants out, then then he wants out. Yep. It's as simple as that. And that's a, that's a, that, that, the, him or Rodgers definitely makes the most sense, uh, and that helps every receiver. So, all right, before we go on, guys, Turkey Day is here, and at my bookie, they're giving you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right, $250 risk-free. Bet the spread between the Raiders and the Cowboys at my bookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, my bookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. That's what I call no risk, all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when you use that promo code NERDS. That's right. Not only are they giving you the free bets, they're giving you free money. That promo code NERDS is going to give you double your initial deposit instantly all the way up to $1,000. So you don't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free today on my bookie right now and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun black friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full you can bet anything anywhere anytime with my bookie make sure you use that promo code nerds to get all that free cash gobble 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 and we're back (laughs) (laughs) and we're back with the predictionstrike.com do you ever wish you had a stock in? Uh, oh, maybe some of these young receivers we were about to we're about to talk about: mm-hmm. Elijah Moore, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, you do. You wish you could buy, sell, trade those guys just like the stock. Because whatever you bought them at draft time, it's grown drastically since that day. That's exactly what you get to do at Prediction strike.com they have the web platform they have the app for ios and if you go there right now today type in promo code dynasty you get a free share with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more that's right with the promo code dynasty you get a free player share of your choice you pick uh, with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more you don't have to play the stock market you can just go over to predictionstrike.com and make some money Okay. Now, before we move on, I forgot. I forgot. I was. I, was, I said I was going to remind people on the podcast about about this. I've been doing it for years. Um, last year, I put it on Twitter because I was asked, and the amount of feedback I got and pictures of how many people loved it. Oh yeah, was tremendous. 
Uh, and it, it's what my wife does every every year after Thanksgiving. She makes Thanksgiving leftover egg rolls. And let me tell you about how amazing these things are. Basically, she takes the leftover Thanksgiving, the turkey, the green beans, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, and she puts them all, and she fries them in egg rolls, and then you either dip them in cranberry sauce or you put the cranberries inside the egg rolls or you dip them in gravy. And let me tell you how fantastic these are. I put the recipe on Twitter last year. I'll probably do it again this year. I just need one person to ask, and I'll retweet it with the recipe out there. It was just that. They're that good. So I got to promote them on this podcast. And my, I, told, I told my wife last year, I got so many responses and so many pictures of telling people tell me how much they loved them and to thank her. I was like, dude, people love your egg rolls. And she's like, well, you love the egg rolls. So yeah, yeah it makes sense. <laughs> so there you go. I, I want to I mention my wife's uh, Thanksgiving leftover egg rolls. They're one of my favorite dishes. Is it the day after? Really? Is, is that when she makes them? I'm oh, just yeah. wondering when oh, I should yeah, stop over for some random reason. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. And I, and I prefer... Uh, a lot of people like to dip them in the gravy. I like to dip them in the cranberry sauce. Like I like to get that sweetness on it. So I like Makes to dip in the cranberry, get a little cranberry sauce on them. So I love them. So now let's get into some of these rookie wide receivers. Garrett, I know you have some questions here about these guys. So I originally talked about from, from week six on uh, about how well these guys are playing. And, and trust me, they're playing fantastically. But Scott Barrett put it even better. So I'm going to read Scott Barrett's tweet. Uh, at Scott Barrett DFB on Twitter. He said this. This is his rookie wide receiver update. Jamar Chase is wide receiver five on the season overall. Elijah Moore is the wide receiver one since week eight. Jalen Waddle is wide receiver five since week six. Devonta Smith is wide receiver seven since week nine. Kadarius Toney leads all wide receivers in yards per route run since week four. Rondell Moore had 11 catches this past week. And then he just had to throw a little dig at Terrace Marshall being outsnapped by uh, Brandon Zilstra, whoever that is. Uh, so there was a little dig on... Uh, on was that wide receiver from Notre Dame? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Terrace Marshall there. But uh, the rest of these wide receivers, this wide receiver class, has just, uh, I think, met and possibly even exceeded our expectations so far. Uh Outside of Jamar Chase, because we've discussed him recently, he's at the top of boards. He's been fantastic. Uh, outside of Chase, where are we ranking these receivers? What are where are we taking them in startups? Who are we trading to get these guys? Like, I mean, most of these guys we talk about right now are easily inside what top twenty four, top eighteen. Oh, easily that 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 right there. Um, I'll give a couple of things right here real quick. I'll let Matt go. That's okay, Matt. Yes, um, Rich. You just got me off anyway. It's fine. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd still go Devontae Smith one after Chase. This is after, so Chase, Smith, then, Wa- then Waddle, because he's a little bit more of a secure situation. It's really close with him and Elijah yeah. Moore. But I think, I think it's easy to, right now for what's going on lately to jump more ahead of Waddle on that. But... Jalen Waddle is the number one receiver out there in Miami. He's leading the team in targets. He's number one. He's dynamic. He takes the house every single time. So they're really close. Now, when it comes to Elijah Moore, I have him right behind Waddle. But like you mentioned, Garrett, this receiving class is insane right now. Like of the talent, that influx. To go And then this added on top of the last two years of guys we got. Now, when it comes to Elijah Moore, he's got, this is a quote from Xavier Howard from the Dolphins who he just faced. 
He's going to be special in this league. He's a smaller guy, a quick guy. He made some tough catches out there, and I respect his game. Now, this is a guy who has scored, like you mentioned, over the last five games. He's got five touchdowns, 25 catches, 349 yards. And right now, he's finally, the big thing here, finally, is the snaps have increased to make him the number one receiver for the Jets. He was splitting time there, playing about 60% of the snaps, splitting time with Keelan Cole. This week was the first time that he led the team or out-snapped Keelan Cole and was one of the number one receivers in this offense, and he rewarded those coaches with his best game yet. And when I, and when I was looking at uh, Elijah Moore, I got some stats here if you guys are interested in them. Absolutely. I got these from JetsXFactor.com. This is coming from JetsXFactor.com, and this is a guy, again, what they're really excited about, and when I, when I they, they broke down his his routes, right, of what he's running, because a lot of people, smaller guys, they want to move to his slot. And what excites you a ton is when a guy's exceeding the outside in the NFL, right? Like they, they can get you going. And that's exactly what Elijah Moore has done here. In this game alone, he ran nine. This is from Jets at JetsXFactor.com. Out of the slot, he ran nine routes. He had one catch, one target, five yards, no first downs. On the outside, 26 routes run, seven catches on 10 targets, 136 yards, one touchdown, four first downs. Now, from weeks eight to 11, because that was his last game, out of the slot, he ran 29 routes, saw seven targets, six catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown, one first down. When he was on the outside, 86 routes, 23 targets, 18 catches, 297 yards, three touchdowns, and 10 first down. So he's playing about 74% of his snaps on the outside and a little over 25% on, in the slot. And he's averaging 12.9 yards per target on the outside and 5.6 yards per target on the slot. So basically he's just really producing at a high level out here on the outside for the New York Jets. And he's producing. You mentioned Garrett, what was he over the last how many weeks that he was wide receiver one? Yeah, since week eight, he's wide receiver one. Wide receiver one overall. And this is a guy that we absolutely fell in love with watching his film. He was one of the last rookies we broke down in this wide receiving class. And we skyrocketed him, skyrocketed him up our rankings to the point where we had him and Rashad Bateman neck and neck there for this receiving class. The top three were all pretty consistent there. But I know even at the end there, Matt, I know you even said, like, man, I like Jalen Waddell, but. I got Elijah Moore not too far behind him. So, Matt, I would like to know how you would rank these rookie wide receivers. And I don't think it's a slight to any of them because I think Chase is, Chase is by himself. And to me, Devontae Smith is kind of by himself still. I agree. But then what, when it comes to Waddle, Bateman, because you even mentioned Bateman when you mentioned those rookie wide receivers. Carrie. Yeah, I didn't even Bateman. mention Bateman. Nope. And, I mean, we haven't touched on Rondell Moore, Kadarius Toney. I mean, other players that are also producing. But I'm, I'm still, I, th I think Elijah Moore's jumped all those guys. So for it comes sure. down to Waddle, sure. Elijah Moore. Then you probably throw Bateman in there. And then Tony, and then probably Rondell Moore, because I still don't love Rondell Moore. How are you ranking them, Matt? How are you looking at these guys? You're our wide receiver guru. What do you see? Yeah, and I did have, you know, Waddle just slightly ahead of Moore, right coming out of the rookie drafts. But for me, at, at this point, I, they've flipped. And they're still very close, but I, I do see a little bit more out of Elijah Moore and, and, it, I didn't have all the in-depth stats that you just read off, but I think it makes sense with what I saw. I saw him making more plays downfield and 
Jalen Waddle is a very explosive player, but a lot of his stuff is so close to the line of scrimmage. It's very low A dot type of stuff where he's making plays after the, after the um, after the catch. Where I just see more explosion, more downfield stuff, bigger plays possible with a guy like Elijah Moore, and and week in and week out, I, I just expect there to be better production out of a guy like Elijah Moore, and. and for for that reason alone, I love both players, uh, but Elijah Moore just gets a little bit more of a bump for me, and, and he he almost feels like a player that's on like an Odell Beckham rookie year sort of trajectory where he came in and he wasn't he wasn't producing early. Obviously, Odell had like a hamstring or something like that. Um, well, Elijah Moore was hurt for a little bit at the beginning of the year too. Absolutely, hence the comparison. Right, hence the comparison. And and, and <laughs> well, not- you said well, Odell had, so you made it seem like he didn't. Okay, uh, just making sure. And I, I just couldn't remember what um, Elijah Moore just had, <laughs> uh, what what injury. But but regardless, they're they're both you know started off slow, and now now that he's kind of gotten into a groove, he's taking it and run. He's showing his explosiveness. He's showing his big playability, and he's a he's a guy that can win in so many different ways with his route running ability, his hands. He can do a lot of that low. Um, um, Low A dot stuff and, and make plays after the um, with the ball in his hands as well. So I just think he has a little bit more to his game than a Jalen Waddle, it, but it's close. It's not like a ton more, just uh, enough that I have him above him. Yeah, my comp to Elijah Moore, and I was like, I know this is going to sound crazy because he's one of the greatest fans receivers of all time, was like a poor man's Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. That was my comp for Elijah Moore, and he's looked absolutely fantastic. And and this is what you get excited about, right? Because when you break down these guys' film and you look at their their outlook for the next, say, you know, one to five years, that's that's what we that's what we do as dynasty analysts. We lost these guys. I mean, here at Dynasty Nerds, we we break down these rookies in depth. If if you're new to the show, we get excited for the offseason because we spend months studying and breaking down these rookies to put you in the best position to dominate your rookie draft. And when we see guys on film like this, you know, same kind of thing we saw in Michael Pittman Jr. At the end of the year, we kind of, you know, we broke Elijah Mitchell was one of the, Elijah Moore was one of the last guys we broke down and he skyrocketed up our boards. Michael Pittman, at the end of all our rookie breakdown, this guy we kind of pushed all the way back up into the first round of our rookie drafts that we liked a lot too and both looking really good. So to me, Elijah Moore falls in the category and, I, and I'm with you, Matt. It, he's probably the, if I knew more was going on there in New York with like the quarterback situation and had a little bit more comfort with him, It'd be easily probably over Jalen Waddle because of the ceiling, but still, Jalen Waddle is averaging thirteen point nine per, points per game right now, and he's just scratching the surface out there as well. I think in in general, Garrett, like all these guys are like high end startup players, right? Like these are all guys you want to build upon and help you win now. How do you rank them, Garrett? We didn't ask you yet how you want to rank these. Yeah, guys. it's tough. Uh, Elijah Moore actually did pass. Uh, Jalen Waddle, when I was when I was doing my tape study, he actually did pass him and ended up being neck and neck there with uh, with Rashad Bateman, and so it was it was very close. I'm a fan of all of these guys, and, and to be completely honest, Devonta Smith uh, and and Elijah Moore are kind of breathing down the neck of Jamar Chase. I still have Chase as the top guy here, but early on, Chase had a ton of big plays. It's something you don't normally see out of the X receiver, but the coverages were shifted differently. The things have normalized these past few weeks, and you've seen that he hasn't had as many huge games. A lot of his production was on 
one or two massive plays every game. And that's going to come back down to earth a little bit. So even though Chase is still the one for me, Smith and, and Elijah Moore are not crazy far behind. You know, Smith I have, uh, or sorry, uh, Chase I have as a top, uh, you know, top eight, top ten receiver. And, but these guys are right on the fringe of wide receiver one startup type of guys right now. And so it's it's crazy to say that this early. But th- when you see somebody prove what you thought they could potentially do, when you're talking about their ceiling. And you're talking about all these things you see on tape. And then early on, you see them dominate. And both of these guys are not in ideal situations. More where he's shifting through quarterbacks and all this stuff. It kind of reminds me a lot of of Terry McLaurin. You know, we had the same thing happen. You talked about Xavier Howard giving him the compliment publicly. We saw that with Terry McLaurin, his his rookie season. Darius Slay, one of the best corners in the league, was talking about how good Terry McLaurin was. McLaurin's had to go through all of these different quarterbacks, and it still hasn't mattered. He's just good. I think that could end up being the same type of thing for Elijah Moore. And then Devonta Smith, even though Jalen Hurts has been great for fantasy, he hasn't necessarily been great passing the football, but it hasn't mattered. He's still produced. He's still putting up big games. So, I really, really like both of these players, and and that's no slight to Waddle. That's no slight to Bateman, Moore, Tony. Like, there's just so many good, talented receivers in this class. If you had three or four low end uh, picks in your rookie draft this year, and you had pick you know nine, eleven, twelve, and two one, you're walking away with a smorgasbord of talented wide receivers, and you're just thrilled. Yeah, these rookie classes, you feel like you're spoiled lately. Like, you just get these first-round picks, and you're just hitting pay dirt week in, week out at the receiver position yep, right? for the most part. Um, so before we get out of the show, I, I want to come full circle on here on, on these rookies because I think we can all agree sky's the limit for all of them, right, as to be potential wide receiver ones for your dynasty fantasy football team for the next eight years to come, which is a lifetime. I want to go back full circle to our conversation earlier about A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, I'm going to ask you guys both to say yes or no, or either the breakdown. A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith in a first? Yes. Oh, am I doing this wrong? <laughs> A.J. Brown or... Would you, take the, would you say the, the rookie in picks or A.J. Brown? Devontae Smith in a first for A.J. Brown. Where's the first? The, say it's mid-range. We'll call it middle of the first just to be safe. Middle to middle to back end. Devontae Smith in the first. Because I would take Devontae Smith in the first. I believe with Devontae Smith. I think, I do, I think when it comes to fan, from a fancy football standpoint, I think Devontae Smith can give you A.J. Brown numbers. There's only, there's the only a few people in between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith for me. So I, I think I would have to do that. I think I got to, too. I don't want to. But... Uh, but yeah, I think Devontae Smith in the first. Devontae or AJ Brown or Elijah Moore in a first. This is tougher because Elijah Moore. But remember, this isn't this isn't hot react take, right? This is a player that we put months of studying into, and he's doing exactly what we thought he could do in this offense with low end quarterback play. So, AJ Brown or Elijah Moore in a first. I'm an, I'm, yeah, tough. that one's that one's a lot harder for me. Um, there is a, a substantial gap, I think, between the dip in the rankings. Yeah, between yeah. those two players, 
but we have seen quite a bit out of Elijah Moore, and it's it has been good here these past few weeks. But it, it AJ Brown, man, he is a beast. It's this. Yeah, would you try and squeeze? I think. More out I of think. It? Like, I think that, I would try to squeeze. Does it? Like you don't slam the door in that trade. Like you, you start negotiating that one. Like, oh, dude, oh, we're close, but you know this is, you know, and you start to yeah. like, give me a little. I bit think more. I would build off of that one personally. If I could build for sure, but if it came down nuts and bolts, that's the final offer. Uh, I might take Elijah Moore in the first, and that feels wrong. That feels like I'm saying the wrong thing. I think that's a smart dynasty move, though, Garrett. Like I think that's. I think that I think to get a guy like Elijah Moore, those are the moves you make now before it becomes just Elijah Moore, AJ Brown. Which one's your because? Which one's your cup of fancy? One, you know? one thing I don't think we touch on enough because we do always talk about values and how important value is, but there is an element of risk in in fantasy football and and specifically dynasty fantasy football where sometimes you have to swing for the fences to get that championship caliber team. You know what I mean? And sometimes you're going to swing and miss. You know, and that's just going to fall flat and it's going to hurt. But sometimes those are going to hit, too. And so it depends on your uh, how risk averse you are. But if I'm feeling froggy that day, I think I'm making that trade. I think more so is like once you start throwing a word first around, right, like this first round pick that gives you so much. Like, I'm not even looking at like what rookie I could draft for that first mid range or whatever. Like, I'm looking at that like, wow, now if I have my if I still have my first, that gives me two first. Like what? What other player now can I go get for two firsts, right? And I, I just got Elijah Moore. Now I have two firsts. Can I go get another receiver to help me push if I'm a championship contender? Or does, it, does that mean put me in position to get J.K. Dobbins? So now I just got J.K. Dobbins for Devontae Ad, or for AJ, J.K. Dobbins and Elijah Moore for uh, Devontae. Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. And a first. Yeah, I couldn't get this through my head. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think that first alone gives you more more to play with. You know what I mean? Like it opens the door to add on top of that. So it's easy to say, yeah, that first round pick, uh, I, don't, I don't love it. And I do love AJ Brown, but like this time of year and as the draft gets closer, those first round picks start to like tick up there in value. What it gets you back in return. And like I said, I mean, I mentioned this last show, my number one target in dynasty right now has been JK Dobbins, just trying to attack, attack that IR status. So if I could upgrade somewhere along those lines, like I love that move. And I think I would, I think I would you, Garrett, like, you're right. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta get risk. You gotta get risky out there in dynasty, right? And you gotta kind of like look a little bit ahead at, at the ceilings. And if if over the next five years, him and AJ Brown are just remotely close, then that first is the pay. You know, that's that's the cre- that's that cherry on top that you just gotta take. And if Elijah Brown does, Elijah Moore does what he's doing now, and he stays consistent there. Now that's why receiver one over since week eight or so. But like. He gives me mid-range to low-end wide receiver one numbers. Hell, dude, what what AJ Brown's been giving us over say two out of the last three years, like mid-range wide receiver two numbers, like that's a win. You know what I mean? That's like again, you're just adding more ammo to the clip here for a guy when you get when you make moves like that. And those are the best moves to stay contenders. When you get guys that are close in value, but you sell the name for the player that's on 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 the coming up, and then you get the extra capital on top to help help add in those bullets into the game. So I think, I think I flipped. I think I'm going to take, uh, I take Devontae Smith in the first and I would take Elijah Moore in the first Jalen Waddle is a little bit more tough. I don't think I would for the, him in the first. Cause I'm taking a little bit more risk on that one, but it's not too far off either. I, I would, I would, I would keep the door open on negotiations. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I don't feel as great about the, the Jalen Waddle either. Um, just to, I'm kind of with you okay. on that one, Garrett. Um, All right. Fair enough. Okay. Well, that's it. Uh, that's our Dynasty Nerds here pre-Thanksgiving. We got another month to go here before we're into into January, which is a fantasy football championship season. We 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 have, we have to adjust too. We have to see because we always take that week off between Christmas and New Year's Eve. Uh, we'll just see how the season that's is. True. We, we don't, normally don't do a show. That's our one week of the year we don't do shows. Now this extended season, we got to see what's going on. We'll have to figure that out. We'll yeah. see. I need that time. I need, <laughs> that. I need that vacation day. We need son. that me day. Eight years straight of podcasting. <laughs> um, so that's it. I hope everybody is going to have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a lot to be thankful for these days, you know, more so than anything, just your health, um, your family's health, your friends, just you know, everything going on here. An, ex- an extra week of fantasy football. I'm so thankful Preach. for that. You know, three games on Thursday. I'm so thankful that for gonna that. That is going to be amazing. Uh, the Browns playing back-to-back Saturdays. I'm so thankful the, for that. I'm so thankful for I didn't realize. all of you listening. Yeah, yeah Christmas, and then they uh, flexed them out to Saturday versus okay. the Raiders. On that Saturday game, four thirty. So, I didn't want to poo-poo the um, listeners. Go ahead. Thankful to yeah. all the nerd herd. Thankful, thanks for all the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Thankful for all the nerd herd out there supporting us over these last eight years and taking Dynasty Nerds where it is today. Um, as we continue to grow and build the tools that you need to dominate your leagues. Again, don't forget about that Black Friday promo uh, out there using that you know Black Dash Friday for that twenty five percent off. And that's where I remind people when they join the nerd herd, right? You get so much in return when it comes to tools and information. And, and then honestly, the rookie film room alone is worth every penny. Um, ask anybody out there. We have tons of analysts that just join our site just for that alone's worth it. But we have a lot of big things in the, in the, in the queue here that are coming in for 2022 uh, to eventually make dinosaurs.com a one-stop shop for all your leagues. And by when I mean that one-stop shop, I literally mean one-stop shop. Like you come here and you're, you're good to go. So with every membership, again, this, is a, this isn't this is us uh, like, oh, man, here comes that Lamborghini. <laughs> it, it's going right back into uh, the game of Dynasty Fantasy Football. Our one goal here is to you know grow the game and give you all the tools that you need to play the game better. You know, It's all about information and reacting at the right time and making the right moves like this Elijah Moore or Devontae Smith for A.J. Brown move. You know, it's, it's a game of dynasties about making moves. If you stay still, you stay stagnant, you're going to get passed up. It's a game where you got to better your team by making trades and drafting well. That's how you do it in dynasty fantasy football. There's no waiver wire action out there uh, to help you out. So, you know, just really thankful for all of you guys, not only for this year, but for all the years. And I hope you guys all have a very, very pleasant Thanksgiving because I'm going to be gaining at least 25 pounds. <laughs> Yeah. Love it. And ask me for the egg roll in- injury. You guys got anything before we get out of here? Um, thanks to both of you guys. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I, you know, added on, obviously, on top of everything you said. But Garrett, Rich, yeah, thank absolutely. You. We're, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I'm so thankful for you guys. And, uh, you know, I was talking about with somebody the other day, it's almost been three years now uh, since I started on the show. And uh, it's just crazy to see, uh, see how everything's developed. So it's been fun. And on a note, Garrett, you're fired. <laughs> Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> and adios. <laughs> no, I love all you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, oh, yeah. Don't forget to uh, check out the YouTube channel, right? Is that something else we were supposed to say? Check YouTube, the, subscribe, all that all stuff. stuff. Notifications. Yeah, yeah. So we're there, there. Yeah. Check All our out. fantasy or all our uh, socials, all that stuff. Yep. See you adios. next week.